on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm your host, Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, we'll start the show with some genre-related news. A whole bunch of announcements came from last week's Disney Investor Day 2020 program. And when I say a whole bunch, it is decidedly an understatement. The event was presented as a webcast and focused on the company's direct-to-consumer streaming services. News and trailers dropped about every Disney product and subsidiary. You can watch several of the trailers on Fantastic Forum social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. It was announced last week that Marvel series Hellstrom has been canceled after only one season on Hulu. It was the last live action show produced by the now defunct Marvel Television Unit under Jeff Loeb. At its height, Marvel Television was producing six shows on Netflix as well as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC the Gifted on Fox, Legion on FX, Cloak and Dagger on Freeform, and Runaways on Hulu. Marvel's television productions have shifted to Marvel Studios, which is preparing to offer a bevy of shows produced by Kevin Feige. Jeff Loeb, at least for now, continues to be in the fold with two Marvel animated series at Hulu. I'm somewhat dubious about the prospects, as the animated project was originally planned as a total of four series two of which have now been discontinued. China's Chang'e 5 Luna probe successfully returned to Earth on Thursday. The probe collected rock samples from a previously unexplored region on the moon. Not only are these the first lunar samples to be gathered in 44 years, but they are also the youngest rocks to be brought back. Scientists hope that the samples will offer some explanation about the moon's volcanic history and other fundamental hypotheses. And we're saddened to learn of the passing of Richard Corbin, the American illustrator, comics artist, and Will Eisner Hall of Fame member, was also a recipient of the prestigious Grand Prix de la Ville d'Angleterre Award and Spectrum Grandmaster Award. He was best known for his work in Heavy Metal Magazine. He was 80 years old. Today, we're talking about the stuff that came out of that Disney Investor Day program. Now it's time to introduce the panel. Joining me are the redoubtable Roberto Ortiz, the beautiful and oh. ruggedly individualistic Camille Richardson, and courtesy of the Great Geek Refuge, Mike Lunsford, all the way from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Welcome to the show, all of you. Glad to be so, here. Last week, there was the Disney Investor Meeting, and... There, sorry, a Disney Investor Day is, is really what they called it. And I've never seen anything like this because I didn't even realize this event was taking place. And it shows shame on me. But that evening, 
I, I, we were inundated with all sorts of announcements and trailers. In fact, uh, before the show, we were just talking a little bit about this. Uh, Roberto, you had a lot <laughs> that you were starting to say <laughs> about the, uh, the, the, the genius. And, and you continuously refer to Disney uh, as if it's some sort of like a James Bond villain or something, evil Great, genius. Just ask anybody in, in Hollywood how they feel about Disney right now. So mm. <laughs> it's like, damn. It, to me, it was, oh, yeah, Investor Day and, you know, Disney essentially telling uh, everybody who owns shares in the company, oh, this is how we're going to make you some money. And it sounded like a pretty shrewd plan to me. I mean, because they got everything covered. I mean, everything from Star Wars to Marvel Comics. Uh, to various streaming services. But the reason I'm asking you is because you had a very particular perspective on all this, and I felt it would be better shared as part of the show than us just kind of kicking that can around. So, so what's your perspective on this? I think Disney, everybody in Hollywood right now is trying to be Netflix. The only one who has shown who can restructure the company in a way that can take on Netflix directly is Disney. Warner Brothers basically cut their own throats <laughs> the same week by doing that announcement out of desperation because of how bad HBO Max has been doing. Disney just restructured the whole company to be able to handle the new distribution channels and still respecting the old distribution cha channels of, the, of cinema which is impressive as hell that they were able to, to do it. And they, look at the difference between the Warner Brothers meeting after they announced that they were going to go on um, streaming, uh, same time streaming as theater distribution to Disney, where Disney just said, you know what? They went office by office. Are you working on something? Yeah. Okay. Tell me. All right. We're going to announce it. What? But uh, don't, Yeah, we're going to announce it. And they, they went department by department by department by department. Are you working on something? Uh, it's just a story. We're going to show it. And they have never done anything like this before, ever, where they showed us every conceivable work in progress project that they're working on, and they just released it. And here's the worst part. There's even more projects that are rumored I don't know if you heard a rumor about the Firefly thing that they're uh, they're they're threatening now to start uh, dropping bombs. I, I did hear about that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Disney knows that they have um, an impressive amount of IP that they control, and th what they're threatening to do is that now that they have more distribution channels, they're threatening to overwhelm everybody. And here's the impressive thing: people were. Uh, questioning, oh, why did Disney basically buy uh, Fox? Well, here's the irony. Not only did they multiply the capability to, for them to develop content, they also increased the capability, the animation studios they have. So they can generate an insane amount of content that it's, I kind of find it hard for Warner Brothers to be able to compete one-to-one -one with Disney. The only company I can see being able to compete directly, and they're playing a different game anyway, is Netflix. Seriously. It's yeah. impressive. Well, the key here is 
the distribution. I mean, you kept talking about the the content and the amount of content that Disney has, and and that's fine. But it doesn't seem to me, in terms of the distribution model, that there's much difference at all between what Disney was saying and what Warner Brothers was saying. What people got upset about with Warner Brothers is that they acknowledged that they're moving away from well or or or, or, i shouldn't say moving away because it's not so much that they're moving away from traditional theatrical distribution so much as they're they're adding the streaming distribution to that there's a big there's a big difference specifically in what warner Brothers does and what disney did what's Uh, the difference rogue one they still announce theatrical big movies that are going to come out and they didn't change one bit the distribution model. Disney, as a company, has something in uh, it's, it's it's they're they're known in the industry that they're one of those rare companies that when a new medium comes in, they can turn on a dime and they can absorb a new revenue stream. And what they did is that instead of saying, "Oh well, theatrical distribution is dead," we're going to concentrate on streaming. What they were saying is. Oh, theatrical distribution is a thing, makes us money, but streaming is also another revenue stream that we can make a lot of money. How can we complement streaming without affecting the theater, the all the money we get from the theaters? Now, when the well, you 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 can't. <laughs> Disney you can't. can't. I mean, no. the streaming is going to affect what you can make in the theaters. I mean, it seems to me the main distinction here is that Disney made these announcements to their investors where Warner Brothers just sent a press release. Well, Warner Brothers did that as a response of what was coming from Disney. Disney, what they're doing specifically is that they're seeing, they're thinking, oh, by the way, there's also uh, a new law that just been eradicated that allows uh, big studios to own movie theaters and Netflix has been taking advantage of that. Disney, mark my words, is going to start also controlling the pipeline in terms of the direct movie distribution by them owning theaters. Well, that wouldn't surprise me either, but no. uh, because right now theaters are, I, I'm not going to say they're dead, but they're on life support. And it's, they'll be it's, back. It's going to be, well, Pause. yeah, it's just a question of how long it takes. And, you know, frankly, I think that's interesting, too, because uh, the last time that the world saw something like this, you know, the influenza epidemic of uh, 1918. Yeah. All right. Now, and here's the thing. Movie theaters weren't as big (laughs) as they are today back then. You know, I mean, fledgling industry. So uh, today, I mean, this is this is a big deal. And it's going to be at least a year before theaters start to see people come back. I mean, you know, we've, we've just seen this week the first doses of these various vaccines uh, to combat coronavirus starting to get out there. So, um, yeah. Anyway, look, I, I, I don't want to go... Uh, no, I, well, I, I finish what you were saying, but I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole on this element because, as you point out, the content, well, content is king. 
and there was so much content they're talking about, I'd rather spend some time talking about some of the content and some of the stuff that they poke their head in the office and what are you working on? Well, it's just an idea. Hell, we're going to put it out there, you know, because there was a whole but, bunch of stuff that came out that is sounds great. But here's the thing. People forget history. This is not the first time that people have said movie theaters are dead. This was even before you way but back. Nothing hit it this way. Yeah, in the 1950s, in the 19 uh, late 50s, early 60s, when the when the introduction well, on television well, happened, television exactly. But this is huge... this is yeah. But this is way different. I mean, that's something where oh, there's this new technology that's starting to grow that we feel is threatening us, and you know, you find you find your niche in, in that. This is completely different. I mean, people Yuli. just stopped Seriously. going to theaters. But the thing you is, know, that, I mean, way forgetting specifically is how the difference between what movie theaters were at the beginning. This is when my dad was a kid. That night, back in the 1930s and 40s, movie theaters were completely different to the way they were now. That was basically you were like there for like four hours. Oh See, yeah, and they basically had news. They had multiple exactly movies. and it was yeah, because you didn't have television in people's houses to do all this stuff it was and, radio and, at the time and people that visual medium people love that you know it's just simply the public health crisis that has i mean it's the same thing with uh live sports i mean whether you're talking about well live events i was going to say we're talking about sports or concerts or uh convention type gatherings or you know what have you all these things are threatened. It isn't just movie theaters. But it will come back yeah. because I'm honestly fed up being in this house. Uh, I love my I, I love my wife. I love my kid with all my heart. The house. I, I if I don't see this house again, I will be okay. Oh look, you could go. <laughs> you could you could go to the movies tomorrow. Theaters in Vir in Virginia are open. <laughs> so yeah. it's okay. like you want to go. Go on. I ain't going. <laughs> you want to go? Go. Okay. Do they have a, like? Do they also have like a gun in front of it so you can play Russian roulette while you're watching the movie? It's like, well, that's exact. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And yet, I mean, I understand, <laughs> and and I I have no reason to think that theaters are going to be dead behind this. But I tell you what, when they come back, don't expect the same owner operators to be involved. Um, I mean, the industry exactly. is going to change dramatically, and and oh, I great. think. That's what people are responding to. I mean, the industry of theaters. Yeah. I mean, if you've got that long green where you can wait this thing out. Yeah. I mean, you're going to you're going to buy AMC or, you know, whatever theater chain we're talking about and uh, and rebrand it maybe or just go on. But for right now, I mean, for the foreseeable future, it, what do you do? I mean, the people who are working in them, they, they're out of work. The people who are running the theaters you know they're out of work i mean hell even in terms of the distribution because those theaters that are operating i mean yeah virginia there are no theaters in washington dc that are open we're under a public health emergency it's we're mandated by science and the dc government you know they say oh it's not safe to open these theaters and so they're not open you know as opposed to the less oppressive commonwealth of virginia I think specifically is that we're in time of change. I think that you're right, that the industry will be different. But it's like the same way when photography came into the picture, painting didn't go away. I just think that eventually that 
streaming is just going to complement movies in terms of going to the movie theater. I agree with you. It'll be different. There will be a hell of a lot less movie screens. But I don't think that's going away because people still need to go get out of their house, go somewhere, and uh, and sit down in a dark palace and enjoy an evening. And that's what movies offer. And you cannot get the same thing at home. I mean, you can get an approximation, but it's not the same. No, you're right. And the only thing that I would observe for the people who own theaters now, who are oh, getting yeah. ready to be put out of business, as far as they're concerned, it's all over. You know, yeah. I mean, so you yeah. know, whoever ends up owning them, yeah, the industry itself will continue. But uh, you know, to all intent and purposes, uh, those those current operators, they're never going to open again. In any case, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Camille Richardson and Mike Lunsford and Roberto Ortiz. And we've been talking a little bit about the Disney Investor Day that uh, took place last week. And uh, we're just talking simply about the fact of it and what it means. And Roberto had some very interesting points about uh, the announcements that Disney made and the way they made them versus uh, some of the announcements that Warner Brothers has made and the way that they made them. But I'd like to pivot a little bit because what moved me about all this is the content itself. And Roberto, you made a point about how Disney essentially went through the entire <laughs> building and yep. trying to find out what everybody was doing. <laughs> and then and then they, they put it out there, you know. They so, never did um, this before, by the way. They never ever ever done this. In terms of the 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 scope and the years that we're got of content that they're gonna be dropping. I have never seen anything like this, and I don't think Disney was like a star. It's like Mickey Mouse commandeer a star destroyer, and <laughs> just went on top of the Warner Bros. lot and started basically bombing them from orbit. It's like, <laughs> well, not just Warner, everybody, <laughs> everybody who who isn't Disney. But again, Investor Day, <laughs> Investor Day. If it's you're gonna day. pick a day, yeah, to to do this. The, the folks who own shares in the company, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to make you all a lot richer, and this is how we're going to do it. But, I mean, it's no joke. I mean, they were talking about um, Pixar and about Hulu and about FX Networks and, you know, Star Wars and yes. National Geographic and Disney Plus and films from Disney. And, you know, but, but, I, I mean, but it's not, not only that, Yuli, the announcement where on each and every one of the companies was really well thought out. It's like somebody went to each and every one of their libraries and said, what does the people want to see from specifically this? What would be the coolest project you can tell me from this this uh, content that we have on this corner? And they threw the idea and Disney said, here's a lot of money to it. Investor and, day. <laughs> and Investor day. The backing and and mm -hmm. the thing is that they were the fact that they were able to keep it quiet, that's impressive because a lot of the stuff nobody saw it coming. Rogue One, 
Nobody saw that coming. It's Although like, we still have no idea what Taka Watiti is doing. Exactly. I, I still want that <laughs> announcement. <laughs> and, and now, that's what, R- Roberto, you, you've mentioned Rogue One a couple of times. Are you talking about the Cassie and Andor series? Or Rogue no. Squadron? Rogue Squadron. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. I was getting ready to say because, as far as I know, Rogue One already came out. So, (laughs) kind of a one and done. (laughs) (laughs) And it promises that promises to be interesting, but Rogue Squadron, my bad. Promises to be. It it was. Holy cow! It it was impressive the fact that, and also it's an insult to Warner Brothers again, the fact that. They're getting their talent. This is a director of Wonder Woman who has been basically sitting on a bench for a long time because her movie was being pushed around like a kick the can. And I think she got fed up. And I've been reading some rumblings that there's a lot of talent in Warner Brothers really angry. And they're just pushing them one by one. Same with the comic industry. Same thing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Marvel and Image are just waiting. Yeah, and it's Warner Brothers, and that's AT&T's fault. AT&T basically yeah. is pushing them to develop content, content, and they don't have a cohesive strategy. And Mar- um, Disney is like, we're very creator-based industry. We're evil, we're monopolistic, but we know how to manage talent. So <laughs> I do find it interesting, though, that Patty Jenkins' father was actually a fighter pilot. So like yeah. that really makes me interested to see what kind of twist she's going to put with Rogue Squadron. You heard the worst part? He he died when she was seven. That's awful. He, he, and yeah, on a mission. He was an F-4 fighter pilot, uh, Phantoms. So This means more to her than even we realize. Yeah. Bingo. Mm, yeah. Well, now, Roberto, I'm curious because you referenced the fact that Wonder Woman, uh, the release had been delayed. Uh, in a, from, from, from my perspective... I don't see that Warner Brothers could have done anything else. They were trying to protect this $200 million investment, you know, not only the film itself, but the marketing. And the main way that you are going to be able to realize and recoup the money that was spent was through a theatrical release. But But there was no way that they could actually achieve a theatrical release in the current climate. And what about Black Widow? Yeah, that, but, yeah, no, that, but, that, that's like shelved until the, the theaters man. reopen. Nope. Apparently, yeah. Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers has been pushed. The Wonder, the Wonder Woman movie has been done. I know it was pushed back. Even yeah, I know that. But once the once the pandemic hit, then they were stuck. I mean, any any delays in the release before that, yeah, that's on them. But then the pandemic, and it would have been out had it not been it's for the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah, they were trying to, I mean, but I understand what Roberto is saying, because I think it had been due for a, uh, uh, like a winter 2019 release. And they said, you know what, let's, let's hold it till the summer because we want to maximize the money we get off of this, you know? And then I thought it was only the pandemic. I didn't realize it was already. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. The initial release date, I want to say was like November or December 2019. Yep. And uh, and the the studio made the decision consciously to hey wait, let's not let's let's try and get more money if it's a summer movie, tentpole movie, we'll get more money. But, and then the summer movie season did not take place. So one of the things like I I 
realized um, now that I, if I want to say something, I'm, I'm just going to have to jump in because there's going to be no gaps. Um, <laughs> but, but, I, but I want you to know that I was looking at you and I'm thinking, I got a call on Mike. <laughs> you know? nah. so, but I'm glad you're jumping in. Jump in. One of the things that I want to point out with all of this, too, that's really frustrating me is, is listening to um, just overall – hearing like from warner brothers like shelving wonder woman forever and, and i mean like we're finally going to get it in, in at christmas time but like so often you hear these companies complain like in these unprecedented times in these unforeseeable things like i'm so tired of hearing that because yeah it is unprecedented but like that's part of your job your job is to adapt and overcome find solutions to these problems because guess who didn't have a problem adapting to this Disney. And yeah. like, that's what's, that's what's really irking me about this is everybody is just like, well, um, DC and, and Warner brothers and AT&T and like, they're, they're just, they're not really figuring it out. Well, that's their fault. Like, I'm not, I'm tired of playing apologetics with this. And like, I just want good content. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care who does it. And like, I understand that like Disney might have a monopoly and look at all these things that Disney's doing. Yes. But they're also giving the fans what they want because every single Marvel D uh, star Wars fan, every Pixar fan, everybody lost their minds. Yes. Like yep. everybody is excited. Yes. And what did, and what did Warner brothers in DC do? Like just piss everybody off. Like, I know yeah, and not only that, oh. they're innovating in the concept of distribution, of oh, uh, yeah. content creation. Uh, for example, in The Mandalorian, and specifically how they create new technology specifically to be able to generate content. Oh, this yeah. That's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Who else is doing this? Nobody. Well, <laughs> Nobody. Um, I, think I, heard, I think I heard that Star Trek is going to start using that technology soon. Oh, Somebody they are. They are. You're to start absolutely using. right. But that's the yep. thing. Who is innovating in terms of creating new ways to generate content and creating new markets? Disney. Yeah. All right. All right. See, I, I got to jump in here because, Roberto, you are just on Disney's jock stupidly. All right. And, <laughs> yeah. and I got no, and no, and I got to point out, I, I mean, you're either. acting. Wait, no, no. And that's fine. But you got to, you, you're acting as it, but you're acting as if they've done something. I tell you something. Disney is every bit as screwed as everybody oh, else. Yeah. I'll remind you, they, Black Widow, sitting on the shelf, no, not coming out. Mulan, oh, they spent a lot of money on Mulan. Yeah, sure, they had you know, the Chinese release, but you know, they tried to push that out on uh, Disney Plus. Did not work out the way that they expected. They got lucky because they had Hamilton sitting there, and that was already planned for a streaming release. That worked really well, but they're just like everybody else. They're throwing the spaghetti up against the wall, trying to see what sticks. It just so happens they've got a lot more content and perhaps even more desirable content than some of these others. But they have some issues, too, because the oh, numbers, yeah. the streaming numbers in terms of number of subscribers with Disney Plus hasn't been the way that they projected. They've lost some subscribers. And in fact, a bunch of people, apparently, after The Mandalorian season yeah. one, they canceled their subscriptions. It's like, this oh, don't need this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't need this anymore, you know? Do you think oh, it's yeah. a coincidence they did that announcement right before the season of The Mandalorian was about to end? 
Think about it. And hey guys, I guess, don't cancel, don't cancel this time. We got lots of cool stuff. Spurred a lot of these side projects, so we kind of had to wait until certain folks showed up. But I agree. The thing is that yes, I'm like Bartok from Anastasia, basically worshiping <laughs> this. Thing. But um, but the thing is that in terms of the company that being uh, being able to reinvent themselves, Disney has done a fantastic job. I, it breaks my heart what's happening in Warner Brothers because it's a, a studio I love and I love their content and I love DC Comics and it breaks my heart what's going on there. Uh, really don't get loves. me started on the comic mm. side. Hey, uh, uh, ho hold that thought for just a second because of course uh, that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break. We've reached the end of the first segment of the show. Uh, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. And in fact, we are right in the middle of the Winter Fund Drive. And we absolutely need your support. Please go to the website either at arlingtonmedia.org or WERA.FM. And you can find out how to make your tax-deductible gift Get in there under the wire before the end of the year so that you can claim it on your taxes. And it's a wonderful, beautiful way. It's going to warm the cockles of your heart to support this institution of community media here during the holiday season. So make it a point to do that today. Uh, we're going to step aside momentarily while we acknowledge the invaluable contribution of our underwriters and sponsors. You're also going to hear a little bit about that fun drive that I mentioned, but don't touch that dial because Camille and Roberto and Mike and I will be back and we've got a lot more to talk about on this edition of Fantastic Four. So stay with us. And welcome back to Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Mike Lunsford and Camille Richardson and Roberto Ortiz. We are talking about probably the hottest thing to happen since, well, they started slicing bread. It was Disney Investor Day. And this thing was just last week, and the announcements were, well, I can't even, I can't even come up with an adjective to describe what this thing was. But when we started to take the break, uh, Roberto was uh, finishing up a thought, I think, or starting a thought. What were you doing well, there? Well, I, I basically was, you were saying that I, I'm a little bit, uh, Fan, uh, fan girling. <laughs> I mean, <they're> so, <laughs> like one of those 50s girls watching uh, Elvis Presley in terms of Disney. But um, I have to admire specifically how they were able to reorient the company. I agree with what Mike said. That is no excuse that a company cannot reorient themselves more successfully. Disney showed it can be done. And what Warner Brothers and, and and DC Comics and everybody who's under control of AT&T right now has shown is what happens when you try to do the same thing badly and the consequences is going to happen. 
because short term you might make some money, long term you're gonna lose a lot of talent, and that's just, that's really breaks my heart. Well, th- my one comment to that before uh, you know we we hit up uh, Camille and Mike to talk about some of the content itself is uh, in the the same level of confidence that you have uh, with theaters coming back. I'm gonna tell you. Warner Brothers <laughs> is not going anywhere. Okay? Yeah. This is this company is too big. They got too many well, properties. Uh, depends you know, the I, nonsense they pull next year, really. Well, hey, will they lose some money? Will their stock lose some value? Quite probably. But yep. you know, but <laughs> are they going under? I doubt it. Uh, there's just too much stuff they've got and. Uh, they're going to figure they might out. They be starting to weed out some of those properties, is what I'm saying. At least mm. publication side, and that is what is really, really worrisome. Well, talk more about big, that, Camille. So they're giving a big, they've been giving a big, giant middle finger to the direct market, let alone fans as a whole. Um, you know, they're going to be cutting back a lot of their publication since the whole AT&T buyout. And because what, they lost like a third of the editorial staff. But, you know, we're already going down in single-issue comics. But the other side of it is there's been a ton of rumors that they're going to completely stop all publication of all single issues. And the only thing that they're going to be doing is trade paperbacks. So anyone who has collected for however many years they did, it's not going to matter anymore. Because if you want that material, you're only going to get it digitally. Or you can wait until the trade comes out. And what does that mean for comic shops who are already struggling through this whole pandemic? You know, what are the, one of the first things that people cut? Luxuries. Things like that. And, and you better believe they are going to lose so many people if they go that route. And, and we have no idea fully what they're doing. It's a lot of rumors, and they've already been cutting back as it is. So, I, I mean, I've already had issues with DC this year alone with their distribution and other things that they've been doing um, and how it's affected us. But, I mean, now it's almost like they're giving middle fingers both to direct market and their fans. And you got to believe, like what I was saying earlier, Marvel and Image are sitting at the sidelines. Like, these people, yeah. these creators are going to be done. I mean, Scott Snyder already left. Like, Bendis is only going to be doing one book after this, which honestly is always better if he just does one damn book. But, like, <laughs> this is really, really something that we have not seen in how long in comics. And if they're trying to focus on their other properties, you know, they, they, they've excelled with animated. They've done a phenomenal job there, and for a while they did a great job with their TV shows. Um, but they haven't they haven't done it with with movies. They haven't done it, and they haven't figured out how to evolve, you know, the way that Disney has. So yes, I, I you know I do agree in terms of you know Disney understood what to do and how to go forward. But they also have a lot more under their belt that they can work with. You know, they've got Lucasfilm, they've got Marvel, they've got already what they had to begin with. There is a lot there. They're going to have a lot more heads to be able to figure that out. But now that they've cut so many people over at uh, DC, how many folks are really going to become innovative? That's that's my concern. Mm. Well, there's a cyclical nature to all of this. And uh, wh- one of the things that you mentioned uh, to which I, I respond is uh, how there hasn't been as much success uh, lately with the DC movies as there have been with the Marvel movies, which is absolutely true. But and they I have would... Batman. They have the number one super... Well, favorite superhero. You know? They have that property. How are you not killing it? 
Well, and that that was one of the movies that they've done particularly well with. I mean, although not in the same kind of way, you know, this whole uh, unified universe thing that uh, that Marvel has pioneered to great success. But I would remind you that the whole notion of big budget superhero films started with Warner Brothers way back in 1978, a film called Superman the Movie that uh, all of a sudden I mean, and and dc was the only game in town for a long time i mean marvel was yeah well and and marvel was doing it on television i mean you had the kenneth johnson incredible hulk and uh the spider-man tv show but but, you know again which (laughs) you know (laughs) but you know which which all goes to the cyclical nature of this thing so and now the other thing is i've been concerned about what's going on at dc since they pulled up stakes out of New York, traditional home of publishing, and decided to relocate but everything Marvel, out Marvel to California. Marvel did the exact same thing. But doesn't Marvel still have a presence in New York? Or are they, I mean, DC is completely gone. I, mean, I remember when even it was what Mark Wade's Daredevil, and like the whole reason why he even took him out to San Francisco was because of what was happening with, with, with Marvel as a whole and moving over west. But I will say I'm not 100% that they don't have some sort of something still in New York. I just know that at least the most of it went West Coast. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, again, based on the success of the films and the fact that the... And, and, and this has been my issue from the very beginning. Because one, even a moderately successful superhero movie is generating more revenue... Than the entire think about this than the entire comics industry in a year. I'm, I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> Even a moderately successful superhero film generates more revenue than the entire combined comics industry in a year. And my concern yeah. has been that that means that the powers that be in terms of evaluating where their money is coming from they look at the comic book source material as being nothing more than intellectual property Pretty i much. mean it it isn't even a proving ground anymore you know it's just yeah. all right well all we need from this is for it to be somewhere and maybe they don't even need it to be something that is constant or current you know I mean, which is also very sad. Now, the other thing is in terms of the distribution and the the pandemic threw all that out of kilter. And I think that Jeez. Diamond may have cut their own throat when back in the uh, in the spring they suspended deliveries. You know, well, they yeah. have I mean, to. I mean, you have to look at it from the top. You got to see from publisher to printing to distribution to all of it. I mean, this wasn't because of Diamond. This was everything before it even hit Diamond. Well, yeah, but then when when Diamond started making deliveries again, DC was like, "Well, we don't need you. We're going to do our own distribution." Oh thing. yeah, they were supposed to actually the entire time when they're supposed to redo their contract every single week. DC was like. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. And then literally, like, they had Diamond hanging by a thread. They're like, yeah, um, no. Like, whoa. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it, threw, it threw the entire everything into crazy. And here's the thing. They weren't ready to go prime time. Not at right. all. 
Right. DC did not have their ducks in a row, even slightly. In fact, of the two companies that ended up taking on their distribution, one has already gone under with it because they can't handle it. Wow. Yeah. And that was the East Coast one. So now everyone's been going West Coast. And here's the craziest thing. The East Coast distributor actually took four to five times more orders than even the West Coast <laughs> distributor. So hopefully West Coast doesn't get so overwhelmed. They're like, you know what? This is, this is too much for us, too. Mm. The problem is basically is that uh, the comics industry proved its value. And I, I, I always have believed this. Every time you have an, an industry that proves its value, the people who are the money people get in and they complicate, complicate things in, in an unnecessary fashion. I've seen it in computer science and different in industry after industry. When the money people come in, things go to hell. And that's what's happening in comics. Uh, oh. and, and I think it's going to implode. And you know what? Maybe we're, we'll be better for it. Maybe let's see what comes out of it. But, I mean, but, yeah, we'll see because, you know, the hardest part is like, wow, we sat there and, you know, sold your books for how many years and this is the thing that we get okay yeah, yeah. and you <laughs> don't think about all the links in the chain uh, you know once uh, just like roberto was saying what's hell once the money people get in it you know yeah. i mean because they're, they're not concerned about the direct distribution market and no. you know the stores no, it's all about and well, here's the thing. when you have yeah. to consider about the, the the money it takes to ship it the money it takes to print it then you have all the damages. You have shortages. I mean, talk about the amount of money that goes into it. Yes, I can see from a certain point of business that, you know, this is just too much. This is too costly for us. Why do we even bother with it? But also at the same time, you're going to lose a lot of people because most people don't want to, don't want digital comics. I'm, I'm just wondering basically if the industry can reinvent itself, taking advantage of the technology. Uh, maybe do more uh, targeted content, specifically per region. Um, but I think the shops can survive if they capitalize on the idea that they're these, the equivalent of this, the smoking rooms of the 19th if century. If they make it through the pandemic, you know how yeah. many closing and they'll never open their doors again? This has been yeah. hell on the industry. But what I, I do is they've got to come up with some out of the box thinking because yeah. ultimately you've got people like me who I prefer sitting on my couch watching a movie on my laptop. I understand that, that going to a theater is this great grand thing. I loved it as a kid. It was it was an event. You, you know, you got the big popcorn, and you got the soda and you found your seat and you were immersed in this thing. But you know what I can do? I can also stay on my couch and put my headphones on and I'm just as immersed and it's cheaper. And like yep. it's. You, yeah. you have to adapt. And like, like I was saying before, and I'm going to go back to that. And Roberto, I wanted to agree with you 100% on what you said. Once the money people come in, it's no longer the same. Because what no. you end up doing is you try, you, you try to monetize beauty. You try to monetize art. You try to make it a profit mm. margin. And that's where the problem becomes. Because when you're trying to pitch – I'm trying to think of a comic book that like – when you pitch it to somebody traditionally, they're just going to be like, we're not going to do that. It's not superheroes and capes and spandex, but it was beautiful Fables. and wonderful. It, yeah, it's yeah. anything like that. If you're trying to pitch that to somebody who's quote unquote trying to make money and not trying to make art, they're going to laugh you out of the room every single time. That's and that, that's, to be honest. that's what scares mm. me about this. And actually, the thing is that comic books are a perfect proving ground for ideas and developing talent. And that's why I'm convinced that they will survive because they're perfect specifically to gener generate 
ideas and content. Uh, honestly, the shops themselves, I think they will survive if they realize what they are. You guys yeah. are places where people go to socialize. Seriously. The comic book is second. Well, it's about community. Yes. Because yeah. anybody can go pick up these things anywhere they want. They can. The reason why comicsology didn't kill us is because people want community. And what matters is that a safe place where we can express our feelings and our passion about these things where, you know, a lot of us who had grown up nerds before it was cool, you know, we went through boot camp. We went through hell. We got made <laughs> fun of, you know, we got all that crap. I what are you talking you about? I, I was popular in high school. I was, a, <laughs> I, I was super popular. The chess club and the AV club. Yeah, I got you. I was not in my favorite <laughs> Well, like it's thank the, you for the nightmares tonight, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to point out something too that I, that like I thought was amazing. So, Buzz Lightyear with yeah, this Disney, with this Disney announcement. Up? Like, I want I want everybody to just think outside the box for a second here. Okay, like think of what they're doing. <laughs> what they're doing is is they're making a prequel for a a movie about a person that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like they're literally making a prequel about an action figure, but they're creating the person that the action figure was based on in a universe that doesn't exist. Like this is such a high level idea. Meta. Like, I don't know so meta. Is and I, and I, I love, love it. it so much. This is, this is why like people can be like, Oh, well, Disney's evil. Disney's this Disney's that. And I'm like, Disney's is giving me some of the coolest, dopest things I've seen in a long time. Okay. Yes. They're, taking, they're taking all the star Wars stuff that I love. And they're like, Hey, what if we just smashed it all together, but made it fun. Oh. That's the Mandalorian. And like, it's like right now, take all of my money. Like I'm just, I'm, I think I'm going to set it up so that my paycheck actually goes directly to Disney going forward here. <laughs> Cause it just makes more sense. Like it, let's cut the middleman out of this. Right. You know, like you can call them evil as much as we want, but let's be real here. Disney gets most of our money. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of way. Yeah. Hey, ho uh, hold on a second. Time for us to remind everybody that you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM Radio Arlington and streaming via WERA.FM. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined by Roberto Ortiz, Camille Richardson, and Mike Lunsford. And we're talking about last week's Disney Investor Day, and I think we have finally gotten to the content part that I've been trying to steer us to for the You're past welcome. 45 minutes. Please, go on, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Please, there's so much to say. Let's go. No, I just, it, it's it's so exciting, and like, it, it's so funny seeing people get bitter. Yeah. Why? Oh my god, just, just shut up. Because, because they be love, because they because they don't want to admit that they were wrong. They don't want to admit that there's cool stuff that's coming out. That that's ultimately what it comes down to. They've 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 stuck their stakes in the sand. I'm building my tent here and I'm going to live in this tent of Disney's evil and I hate them. Fine. Cool. Great. I'm going to get to see Hayden Christensen play Anakin Skywalker again and I don't care. Like please I, 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 Make a YouTube video and tell me how wrong I am and how this is ruining your childhood. As I keep popcorn and watch this. And you know what's this, Mike? And you know what's the disturbing part? They haven't even started tapping the Fox library. There's rumors that for next year they're gonna drop some nuclear bombs 
Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> stop. You're going away from the content thing again. Let's not talk about all the I, stuff uh, that uh, they're going to drop. I, I mean, that Rosario Dawson <laughs> so, as the Jedi, Ahsoka yeah. Tano, oh, series oh, for oh, her, oh, Rangers oh, of the oh, New oh, Republic, The Mandalorian. Did you happening during High Republic while we're already getting High Republic comics and novels? And then we're going to have a show. Yes, I'm here for all of this. Did anybody else notice that the title screen for Ahsoka looks like the freaking World Between World time thing that they used? Oh, you know, you know did anybody else oh, notice that and lose their mind? It also looks like the Jedi meditation um, uh, circle that's used in Jedi Fallen Wait. Order. No, no, yeah, yeah but, but Mike, do you think they're going to go there? Do you think they're going to do it? I would hope so. Well, do you think that really they're going to go... What the question is, there's a rumor going around and it's becoming more loud. And you know which rumor I'm talking about, Mike. Yeah, no, they're not doing it. No, what they're going to do though is it's, it's, What's going the rumor? To be, it's the one that we talked about before where I can't say the name on the air because the person who, who made it up has an inappropriate name for a handle on YouTube. Oh, they're going to go back and they're going to strike all of the, the, um, a trilogy um, sequel, and then they're going to just wipe it from existence. No, they're oh, not. Gonna... That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that. And if anything, I think that if we're going to be looking at anything going in the future, we're focusing on the outer rim. Yes, I agree. Yeah, especially I... the names that were dropped in this season of Mando. Yeah, I oh. think what they're trying to do is is they're trying to build a universe where everything is connected, and to strike the future stuff would be you'd be cutting off your nose to spite your face. To do that, you can't because, do it. You can't write because there's two. And, and here's the other thing too: is like, yeah, were the movies like rough? Okay, there's a lot of problems with them. But you want to know what they had that's really, really interesting? I was thinking about this the other night. Um, they have a lot of imagery that's really, really powerful. And what I mean yeah. by that is, think of what the final message was of um, Rise of Skywalker. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter who you were. It matters who you choose to be. And that is a powerful powerful message for a, a, a an underserved group when it comes to Star Wars yeah. and that's young girls True. that is so that that screaming to that? them no I think it's great that's what I'm saying is like there's so many there's so much good that came from that and like Disney's finally like hey this is the message that we want we want to reach out to them why would you want to go back and strike that from the the canon but but like just just to, just to appease a bunch of pissed off fanboys well, before we get get away from the you know point, and that's a very good point, Mark. You have to admit that they're following the Marvel approach with Star Wars, which is brilliant. That they're making a lot of content outside the Skywalkers mm-hmm. based on Star Wars, and that's a brilliant idea. Specifically, about time, yeah. Star Wars. It means that it's everywhere. It's not just one little tiny spot in the entire galaxy. It's the entire galaxy you know, being involved in this. And we need to see other perspectives. Yeah. And that's something that Rebels does really well. Because, like, yeah, because um, I have time because, you know, I'm stuck at home forever because people don't feel like <laughs> you know, staying home, staying quarantined. Um, I started watching Rebels again, and I remembered that, like, the cool thing about that is, is there's all these different Rebel cells. And, yeah. like, they weren't all connected. So, like, just because one group is doing one thing, they may not have any idea. And, like, I think that that's kind of a cool aspect that we never really got to see. We never really got to see the groundwork that was laid before Return of the Jedi that said, hey, let's get all of these guys together on the same page. And then even yeah. then, was that everybody? So, I mean, there's okay. a lot of things 
A question after the Mandalorian, the last episode, weren't you curious to see Operation Cinder? Well, I, I watched all I the games. Um, no, I think yeah, games, but what would be cool to actually see that on the big screen? I would be okay with it. I mean, I mean a lot of things would be. <laughs> I still want, I still want, uh, what's his name? Sebastian, uh, I can't Dan. remember his last name. Thank you. That's I just wanted to see him dressed as Luke Skywalker doing, doing cool stuff. Right? I don't know, though. But, I think we got to be thinking about other people, though. There are two other people we need to be cons considerate of, of, of Ezra and Cal Kestis. Uh, we definitely need to see Ezra, for sure. That's, Ezra, that's for it. sure. And it's because South Asian, the South Asian community would go nuts. If you basically have a Jedi Knight who happens to be of South Asian descent, think yeah, why have we not done that yet? Yeah, let's 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 make sure we take care of that. Like, and that's the other thing too that's been awesome is like everything that they announced. Did you guys notice like the characters that they're choosing? Most of them women or people of color. Yeah, they're, they're really they're really thumbing their nose at all of the angry families, and it's fantastic. Hard. And Rose, Actually, they failed on both of them so badly. And I mean, I don't know. It was just bad choices, man. Okay, do you think Bill Barr is going to be on the Ranger show? Ooh. Thank you. Ooh. I was thinking the same thing. He would be an amazing character. Yeah. I really, I and like I gotta say, like he his his comedy for me is like I I laugh at it and it's hit or miss a lot of times, but like. His turn that he took in that last episode, yep. I was so happy to see that. I was like, oh, I like where they're going. You've you see never things. seen that point of view of a character. having They cannot try to do that in the in the sequels, but having a person who used to be a true believer imperial who feels betrayed. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He is super angry in terms of what they did. I Just would like watching and like watching him and like as somebody who's a veteran, let me tell you. He said some stuff that I have felt, and like what they what Star Wars often lacks is a connection to this universe. I know that sounds weird because yeah, it's yeah, made yeah. this universe, but it's a galaxy far, far away, and a lot of the emotions and a lot of the things that you would you would assume people would do um, don't really get conveyed properly. Um, but that was not the case, and I think that that's something oh. they're shying away from because they made that feel. I guarantee you there were tons of veterans who knew exactly how Bill Burr felt and that's had incredible. probably wanted to put a blaster in, in, in their <laughs> office. Like, I hope chest. that's not the end we see of him because I really enjoyed him specifically in that episode. Yeah. I think they've been yeah. setting, I think for the, for the Rangers show, they've been planting the, the leads in front of our eyes. As long as we, hmm. as long as they lose Kara uh, Dune before the show starts, I'll be fine. Because, Dude, man, yeah. no, no, no. Hey, hey, guys, let me put it to you this way. You that's, that, that's a thick girl there. Let me put it oh, to no. this way. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Let me, let me tell you about thick. Let's talk about how thick-headed she is in the dumb stuff. Uh, well, 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 wait, 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 just a second. Wait just a second, because unfortunately. We are almost out of time for this episode. And before we get out of here, I have just got to throw in that I am so excited about John Watts' Fantastic Four. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm all there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don Cheadle in Armor Wars. <laughs> I'm excited about Loki, what I saw with that, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I'm like, oh, I mean, and... It was it was no joke. I mean, what Roberto was saying about how they open doors and what are you working on? And I mean, there, there's just all this stuff. In fact, clearly, we're going to have to have a whole nother show that is oh, yeah. actually devoted 
to talking about all the different content since we went down. Yeah, well, you know. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Since we went down the rabbit hole on this thing. It's only an hour long show, and uh, we. We, uh, it is what it is. I, I, but I know every time I get the right panel, uh, you know, when we start talking about it, because I, 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 I want to keep talking about this. <laughs> I really do. So anyway, uh, of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show, and you can see the television version if you go to the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've also got all of the segments broken out we've got interviews we've got toy and game profiles we've got event coverage we've got all sorts of special stuff and if you miss any portion of it on saturday afternoon the show re-airs right here on wera each and every thursday afternoon from three to four and courtesy of the great geek refuge fantastic forum is also available as a podcast on all platforms where podcasts are available. So you can check that out as well. So make sure that you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat station. In the meantime, stay safe, stay frosty, stay geeky, and have a great weekend, people.